This is the Making Stitches podcast and this week we hear from a friend of mine, music and crochet teacher Marisa Alcock. I love the teaching side of things as well as my own making things. Um, I find that I'm a very patient person. I, I mean, I'm a music teacher, so I teach children. I have to be patient with them, but I'm I'm a very patient teacher and, and you have to be because otherwise <laughs> it's really not very nice. And I've actually had people saying to me how what a wonderful experience it was because their previous experience of crochet lessons had ended up in tears and the teacher being really horrible and shouting at them and saying, you're not teachable and and all this sort of thing. It's quite incredible that adults can actually behave in that way. Welcome to episode 5 of Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and this week I had the pleasure of speaking to a friend of mine, Marisa Alcock. Marisa and I met online through Instagram a few years back and then went on to meet in person. What brought us together was crochet and Gibraltar. Marisa is a Gibraltarian music teacher who lives in London. She's also incredibly gifted as a craftswoman too. In the words of my grandma, she has very clever hands. On one of her visits to Gibraltar to visit family and friends, we met up and Marisa taught me how to decipher crochet symbols during a wonderful summer's evening eating tapas in Catalan Bay on the Mediterranean east side of Gibraltar. It was as idyllic as it sounds. Crochet, wine, gambus pill pill and waves lapping on the beach next door. When I told Marisa about my new podcast project, she agreed to speak to me straight away. When I spoke to her, she'd just finished an online lockdown needlework lesson. She's been teaching some of her music students sewing as well to engage them creatively on another level during this time of isolation. Slow stitching was the theme of that day's lesson. First of all, I asked her about her childhood here in Gibraltar during the time of the frontier closure, when Gibraltar was cut off from Spain by General Franco's decision to close Gibraltar's only land border. Gibraltar, in when I was little, was obviously the border was shut when I was about two or three years old. So for us, Gibraltar was what we'd lived with, and it was tiny. It's six and a quarter miles right the way round. And um, we didn't know anything else, you know. We had cinemas and uh, we drove around uh, with our parents and um, went up the rock and had picnics. And in the winter, we just didn't really do very much. It was chucking it. We didn't. We never had snow. But when the rain came, you knew it. And, um, yeah, my parents, my father was an artist and um, my mom worked in my my father's um, shops we had an artist material shop and we had um, a furniture shop interior design shop and both my parents were so so creative I mean I I wanted to be like them and um, as a parent as well you know the type of parent that they were to us making things making things together all the lovely cakes and my mother would sew and crochet and and I learned so much from them and like all the crafting things that like I would go to my father's atelier, as, as you say, workshop 
and it was the most exciting place with all the different paints and and gold leaf and he even showed me how to use a real gold leaf you know with the size and the and all the different um artifacts that you have to use to to use it so i suppose i was it was in my blood really on both sides of my family and um and i just brought it home to my own family and my first craft wasn't really crochet funnily even though my mother only crocheted all the time and we were dressed head to toe in crochet um uh, my first cra- proper craft as a as a young adult was cross stitch and um you know the typical samplers and but i didn't just want to buy kits so i had loads of thread and loads of material and i'd make my own things up and um i don't think i started crocheting as such until my youngest was 2 so that's about 14 years ago um yeah that's when i kind of just picked it up and made lots of mistakes so i never knew about the turning chain or anything like that <laughs> i don't know how i learned that i can't remember now <laughs> but now you teach i do i do i love it I love the teaching side of things as well as my own making things. Um I find that I'm a very patient person. I I mean I'm a music teacher so I teach children I have to be patient with them but I'm I'm a very patient teacher and and you have to be because otherwise <laughs> it's, it's really not very nice and I've actually had people saying to me how what a wonderful experience it was because their previous experience of crochet lessons had ended up in tears and the teacher being really horrible and shouting at them and saying you're not teachable and and all this sort of thing it's quite incredible that adults can actually behave in that way it's really horrible goodness me yeah absolutely yeah. well i yeah. can vouch for your teaching technique marissa do you remember when oh, you taught you. me yes. how to how to read a crochet was... pattern with the symbols rather than yes. written in the te- the terrace at the sea wave in Catalan Bay one summer evening that, yes, looking at that's looking right. at it that with was the light from time. our phone torches from our phone torches because <laughs> it got dark with our lovely tins <laughs> yes and tapas it was wonderful it was a great yes, evening with the it waves was really lovely <laughs> absolutely my favorite place yes that was funny so we did um yeah uh, was it the south bay yeah south bay shawl which is that's such a one, lovely simple pattern yes and that's the one that i teach um the reading of of um of um patterns yeah the symbols that's how my mother learned just through symbols that's how she learned wow. how to crochet she used to make it up and She didn't really she was never really taught. She saw somebody and and said, "Oh, I want to do that." And and that's how she learned. She was self-taught. But um yeah. I love well, I love like a foreign because language. I'm very visual. Like a... Oh, yes, everybody says that. Yeah. Until you explained it to me and then it made perfect sense. But for years I'd, I'd avoided patterns like the play because I just thought this is just complete gobbledygook. Really? I've no idea what it is. And it makes so much <laughs> sense, doesn't it? Because sometimes Absolutely. when I'm reading, I'd rather have both. I keep referring back to that visual pattern. I love it. I love the charts. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they're super. Mad. So uh, you're Mary Wish on Instagram, aren't you? And you have the yes. most beautiful feed, full of 
beautiful colours and you. fabulous projects. Thank you so much. I've, I, I don't know whether people knew, but about six, eight months ago, I had to stop crocheting because I actually got something called tenosynovitis. And I'd first um, got this illness on my hand when I, Lucia was a baby. And apparently it's quite common for young mothers to get it because you're kind of pushing prams and twisting your wrists. But um, obviously mine got even worse because I was crocheting with T-shirt yarn. I think that's the, the hardest one. So you'll notice that my feet actually had to change a little bit. And I, and I realized that I could actually go back to my love of embroidery because I had a really cool um, holder for my hoop. So I had free hands and it was wonderful. So I couldn't, I mean, I can't not do anything. I'm always on the go with something. Um, so that was really, really helpful to be able to do that. And um, all I needed was rest. And then I did actually end up having a, a cortisone injection um, at, in my wrist. And touch wood, it's a lot better. That's good. Yeah. It must have been so difficult yeah. not to be able to uh, oh, actually do the crochet. I, I can remember seeing it, your feed when you'd had operations and you were all strapped up and yeah. it, I just really felt for you. It must have been torture, really. Yeah, it, uh, it was horrible. I mean, the thought of not crocheting and my, and my children were really good. They kept saying, no, mom, no, stop it, put it down, you know. But luckily I was able to do something else, but it was torture not to, not to crochet. It was just really mad. Something that I do every day. Too many hours. Um, how's lockdown <laughs> been for you? <laughs> Wonderful. I know that it sounds awful to say, but I've I've loved it. I mean, I've loved the fact that I'm with my family all day and my doggy. And um, luckily, I have been able to teach my piano, so I've I've had a little bit of income. Obviously, I can't do all my students, and not everybody was happy with doing um, lessons on Zoom. But I mean, the crafting, oh, it's been bliss. I caught up with lots of things. I've managed to finish some projects, start new ones, and I've loved it. Absolutely loved it. So bad. It has been the perfect opportunity to catch up on all those, uh, those whips, hasn't it? Those the things whips. that you keep putting yeah. away for another day. Well, finally exactly. that day has come, hasn't it? <laughs> it's come, absolutely, absolutely. The problem is there's so many lovely things out there that you just want to do everything. And and sometimes, like, uh, very, very recently, I found, um, in fact, it was only last week, um, Essie Birdies. I don't know whether you follow her, Esther. She's yes. had some lovely patterns, but sometimes something just grabs you and you have to do it straight away. And I hadn't even put the phone down. I was out there getting... The story was really lovely. It was a Miss You shawl and I had two friends that were ill and I left everything. I put everything to one side and I just got on with this shawl and I made one and I'm on to my second one now because it was just such a lovely story. But there's just so many amazing designers out there that you can pick up um, patterns and, and, and crack on and, and I'm just spoiled. We're spoiled for choice, spoiled for choice. And I'd love Absolutely. to design my own, but um, I kind of have this kind of feeling that, you know, I don't want to say too much, but sometimes you see patterns and you think, hang on, that is just a granny square or that is just a granny square shawl. And 
you know, nothing's really been invented. So I kind of, I'm, I'm almost putting myself down by thinking, well, that's only a basic thing that somebody else has done and I've done it in a different colorway with a different edging. And you think, I can't really call it a pattern of my own, but I think I just need to go past that thinking and say, actually, I can put a pattern together. Like, actually, I did do, a, I, I wrote a pattern for a bag not so long ago and I posted it on my stories. Um, it was a yes, t-shirt I remember yarn seeing bag. That. Yes. Actually, that was one of the projects that was an unfinished whip that I made ages ago. In fact, it was November. I made it and I hadn't, I'd ordered the leather straps and I really wanted um, the little metal screws to put it all, make it look really gorgeous. So everything arrived, but by then I was onto something else. So it just got left. And I thought, right, this is the moment. I'm going to finish it. And I received so much love for that bag that I thought, right, I'm going to write the pattern up. And uh, so I know I can do it. It's just having that confidence of believing that somebody will want one of my patterns. But maybe that's the space to watch. Yes. I shall watch with interest, definitely, because that bag was truly beautiful. Really, really lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, you mentioned when we first started talking before we were recording the interview that you'd just come off um, a craft class because you were running a cross-stitch class for young people. Yes. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that. So um, this, the main school that I teach piano in, um, they have a whole range of after-school clubs. And some of the parents, knowing that I was very crafty, kept saying, oh, please, please ask if you can run a, a craft club. So I did, and it's one of the most popular clubs at school, and we even have a waiting list for it, which is just wonderful, because I don't just give them the Baker Ross packages of things that are ready and plastic things and cardboard things. We do the proper thing. We go from scratch, and I teach them art, and I'll teach them embroidery, and we've we'd even done... Um, glass decoupage and, and a little bit of gilding and, and the parents absolutely love it because they come home with, with something that is tangible and it's not just going to be shoved in a, a drawer or the bin, you know. So <laughs> whilst I'm missing that um, on lockdown, I thought I really want to give something back to all the lovely parents who have supported me and kept going with the piano lessons. So I started a little craft club on a Friday afternoon and um, the first we've been going for four weeks now and it's mainly pre uh, past and present students of mine and I, I don't charge anything because I just love it. I love teaching and I love the craft so to me it's just giving me a bit of extra time doing something that I really love and and spending some time with the wonderful families that um, that I teach. So the first couple of weeks we did slow stitching and actually I don't know why but I haven't posted my creation yet and I absolutely love it so maybe this will be the spur to show you on Instagram what I actually made so I told the the girls to collect um, threads embroidery thread even regular sewing thread and lots of different bits of materials it could be any little scraps it could be coordinated or or not and all we were going to do was start making patches and attaching patches with lovely long 
running threads, uh, running stitches, and they absolutely loved it. It was really calm, and all these lovely girls on my Zoom screen just really taking their time stitching, and uh, it was so popular with the following week carried on. We talked about what they could make with these pieces of, with their creations. Some of them decided to make them into little zip bags. Um, Some of them attached it to the front of a a canvas bag. I actually made like a little roll. I've got some really cute little scissors, but they're very, very sharp. So I made them into a roll. um, And and I've got a little bit of felt where, like a needle case, but it's got a space for the scissors as well. And And then I decorated the outside and I just loved doing it. Um, so then this week we decided, last week, uh, we decided to start actual stitches. So I prepared, um, some notes for them, which I WhatsApped in preparation for the classes. And then I, I made a couple of little videos as well. So just kind of like two or three minute videos on how to place the material so that we'd be ready for the classes. And, uh, yeah, we've just been going through little stitches and again, putting the designs together. So the designs are absolutely theirs. I've cho- I've given them the stitches that we're doing and then they can put them together. So I gave them an example of what I've done and what I'm going to do with the material. Um, so this week we've done um, wagon wheel flowers, which were really beautiful. And I thought, and they're so impressive and not that difficult. And they all coped brilliantly. And then we made some leaves doing satin stitch um, and they coped really, really well as well. So that was that was fantastic. And they're looking forward to more embroidery next week. So I bet they are. Then I think I'll we might go are. on to some painting. It's all about using stuff that we've got at home. Actually, some of the girls didn't have hoops, so I just drove around and dropped them off for them. Um, we're all quite local, so it it worked, and it was really lovely for them to be able to get on with it as well. And the parents are really appreciating it as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly I'm sure enjoying are. myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so important to engage young people with crafts. It was, it was Absolutely. Um, at school that I learned cross-stitch embroidery for the first time. Oh, I mean, my, my mum wow. and my gran, they, they yes. both had done, you know, embroidery when they were younger and my gran crocheted yes. and knitted and it was her who taught me. But in school, yeah. that's when I really engaged with it. When you're sitting with other young yes. people who are, you know, if yeah. you just if you have a teacher who captures your imagination, it stays with you for life. Well, I think you were very lucky because I can't remember doing embroidery at school. I did do sewing, mm. but of course, because I already sewed a little bit with my mother, I think I probably finished the items more. And I'll, I'll never forget, I actually made myself a dress, uh, which I wore... I'll never forget it, actually. It was a crossover dress, and it was really complicated, but that's the pattern I'd fancied. And um, in Gibraltar, there's a, a, the, fest, the flower show, the annual flower show. Mm-hmm. They still have it, don't they? They do, And they indeed, have the, yes. children's, the children's sections, and I love plants. I think if I hadn't been a musician, I would have been a botanist or an artist. <laughs> um, and, um, and I used to enter the, that competition, and one particular year I won three prizes so I got an overall cup as well and I wore my dress I was so proud of it and actually I was about 14 you know and I'd won this these prizes and I was in the Chronicle Gibraltar Chronicle wearing my my dress yeah 
That was lovely. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, well, you had better success mad. with dressmaking at school than I did. I, I made one top and um, I've made the facing round the neckline. I, I didn't realise oh, yeah. I was supposed to cut it on the bias, so it never oh, laid flat. Oh, so it never lay flat, yeah. No, so I oh. finished dressmaking at the age of 14 yes. and didn't start again until I was in my 40s. <laughs> Oh, but at least it, it started put me again. off so much. <laughs> yeah. No, I never stopped, really. I made ball gowns when I was in the Navy. And then when I met my husband, I was wearing a particular dress. And when he proposed, I said, right, well, I know exactly what dress I'm going to make myself on my wedding dress. And it was the dress that he'd that, that I'd met him, that I was wearing when I met him, but in a bridal um in a bridal pattern and and uh, material and i remember going to liberties with him and and picking up this kind of i think we spent about 300 pounds i mean we've been married now 26 it'll be 27 years um this summer and um coming out with a bag a liberty bag of kind of 2d material he said you sure you can do this (laughs) like (laughs) making a 3d concoction and for us 300 pounds and then was a lot of money yeah, Absolutely. yeah, don't worry, I can do it, I can do it. And it was just wonderful, a fantastic thing to be able to do. And then with leftover material, I made Louise's, my first daughter's uh, baptism dress. So lovely. Oh, how lovely. And they all wore it. Yeah. Very lucky, very lucky to have had parents. I really do think it was all it was all up to them, making, making me have a love for, for crafts. Yeah, definitely. My thanks to Marisa for having a chat with me for making stitches in amongst all her teaching commitments. If you'd like to see some of Marisa's work, you can find her on Instagram as Marywish. She uploaded a short video about her slow stitching project she was working on with her music students in Lockdown Craft Club. She made a very pretty needle and scissors case. Aren't her students so lucky to have those weekly craft classes to look forward to? And thank you for listening to Making Stitches. It's been a great first month for this little project of mine. I've had a lot of positive feedback so far, which has been a real pleasure to hear. Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to do that. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Making Stitches, please share it with your friends. And if you don't want to miss the next episode, please consider subscribing to Making Stitches on your favourite podcast app, It costs nothing to subscribe, it's simply a matter of clicking and the next episode will appear when it goes online. My name's Lindsay and this podcast was edited and recorded by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thanks so much for listening and until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting. Music